The following podcast contains strong language and mention of enslavement. It's in the book. And welcome to It's In The Book, a queer Bible podcast. I am the almost reverend Jay Sylvan. My pronouns are they, them, there. And I know the Bible pretty well. I'm David Waters. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am Minister for Education at King's Chapel, and I know the Bible pretty well as well. I'm Sue Buzzard, she, her, hers. I am married to Jay. And I have a layperson's understanding of the Bible, like the hits, and that's it. It's in the book. So the way this show works is David and I talk about a story from the Bible, and Sue reacts to it. It's usually like something totally wild and out there and like, holy crap, I can't believe that this was written down millennia ago and like nobody has really talked about it a lot since. Well, that's the way it's been, but we are still deep in the story of Joseph, which Sue has a preternatural knowledge of due to a certain <laughs> musical by a certain Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, AL dubs. <laughs> by one who is known as Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's funny, Sue, you were like, I can't believe all this stuff. And like, no one's talked about it since. And I was like, well... A few people. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the exact same thing. And I was like, I just said that in front of two religious professionals. And they're probably like, girl, where are you? Just a few. Just a couple. A couple, two, three, you know. Have, billion over. <laughs> yeah. Have been talking about it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Previously in the Bible. So Joseph is great at his new gig of being the second in command to Pharaoh. And he plans ahead for the seven years of famine by storing a lot of grain. The famine stretches all over the land and only Egypt has food because of Joseph's amazing planning. So Jacob sends his sons to Egypt to get food. Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize Joseph and he keeps asking them questions about their father and how he's doing. And he has to keep running out of the room to cry. So many feelings. <laughs> then he sends them back to their father, but he plants a fancy cup in Benjamin's bag. And as soon as they are gone, he accuses them of theft and claims that Benjamin is now his slave. Judah steps in and says if they return without Benjamin, their father will die. As Jacob's soul is bound up with Benjamin's soul and Judah offers to stay as a slave in Benjamin's place. There you go. The old what a cup in the bag trick. <laughs> that, that old chestnut. That, that classic <laughs> oldest trick in the book. It's all coming back to me. You remember? Yeah, it's been yes. a while since we taped this. So um, Yeah, I'm like, oh man, that's right. I'm so excited. So what do you know about what happens after that? What did uh, ALW uh, write <laughs> about that? Well, in the musical, ALW wrote a caribbean slash reggae themed song about how the brothers traded themselves for their brother benjamin essentially saying benjamin's a really nice guy he doesn't deserve to be a slave if anyone should be punished it's us his brothers for not i don't know like you know protecting him or whatever they're like 
punish us, take us, spare him, and we'll be your slaves instead. So it's not just one person, but it's like the other brothers are like, no, 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 no. Everybody will all, like, I'm Spartacus. They all, I'm Spartacus him. <laughs> and then in the musical, after this show, basically, Joseph seeing like, my brothers have finally grown consciences and aren't dicks. He's like, okay, hey, takes off the mask or whatever. He says, hi, it's me, your brother. Don't you recognize me? And they're like, oh, my God, Joseph, we miss you. Sorry, we tried to kill you. <laughs> Sorry. And he's like, yeah, you're good people now. All is forgiven. And that's it's that Caribbean show. music. It'll do it to you every time. Every time. Yeah, absolutely. Once those steel drums comes out, everybody's friendly <laughs> again. After Judah tells, says to Joseph that I am going to stay in Benjamin's place, Joseph who has been welling up with tears and having to run out of the room to cry throughout this whole thing, can't control himself any longer, and he sends all of his servants away so it is just him and his brothers. It says that his sobs were so loud the Egyptians could hear and they told Pharaoh. <gasps> I mean, I like a man who's in touch with his emotions. You know? I know. It's like, it's well, good know. stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he reveals himself and says, I am Joseph. Is my father still well? Aw, daddy. <laughs> Aww. His brothers at first can't answer because they're just in shock. They're like, ah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. But he tells them to come forward and he says, I am your brother Joseph, who you sold into Egypt, remember? <laughs> but don't despair or beat yourselves up about it because... You sold me here, and it's worked out super well for me. Yeah. And in the end, it was God that sent me ahead of you so I could save the known world from the famine. So Joseph's, like, totally cool with it now. Well, that's what he says. Oh, okay. So now it's been two years of this famine, and I know that we have five years left because psychic, a dream interpreter. Mm -hmm. uh, that's so There will be so no Raven. crops during that time. <laughs> So God sent me here to save your lives. So you see, he continues, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God who has gotten me in with Pharaoh. So I'm now Lord of his household and ruler over all of Egypt. Now go back to our father and tell him that his son Joseph is ruler over all of Egypt. <gasps> and he wants him to get down here without delay. Your whole clan, all your children and grandchildren and everything you own will dwell here in the region of Goshen, and you will be near me so I can provide for you during the rest of the famine. Wow, what a great guy. Really mm. stepping up. Stepping up <laughs> to save his family who tried to kill him. Yeah. From the <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bygones. <laughs> Bygones. You know. And then it says he falls on his brother Benjamin's neck just like Esau fell on Jacob's neck when they were reunited. And he wept on his neck and Benjamin wept on his neck. So they were weeping on each other's necks. Mm -hmm. And remember, they are both full brothers. They are both the sons of Rachel. Oh, yeah. And remember also that Benjamin was born much later than the others. So it's quite likely that Benjamin was just a small child the last time Joseph saw him. Aww. So this is very emotional. Brother. Yeah. Then he kisses all of his brothers and weeps on all of them, and it says that only then are they able to talk to him. And then, hard cut to Pharaoh's place, and he hears that Joseph's brothers have come, 
and he and his servants are pleased. And Pharaoh is like, Joseph, bring your whole family, and I'll give you the best land of Egypt, and you'll live off the fat of the land. Ooh. So Joseph gives them wagons to go get their father and their families, and he gives them new outfits and gives Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and five outfits, his the fave. And to their father, he sent 10 he asses and 10 she asses <laughs> loaded with fine Egyptian gifts and supplies. And he is, is it, like, don't worry on the way. Does it specifically say he and she asses? Yeah. Well, it says like the word for there's different words for male donkey and female donkey. Yeah. So when they translate it, sometimes they say he asses and she asses. I like mm. it. I know. <laughs> so he's like, don't worry on the way. I'm going to give you all this stuff. It's going to be fine. Benjamin gets extra because he's the fave. And then the brothers go back to Canaan to get their dad. And they're like, OMG, Joseph's alive and he's ruler over all of Egypt. <laughs> Darndest thing. <laughs> like, can you believe it? I guess that wild animal didn't really. <laughs> I, I That must have been some other Oops. Joseph. <laughs> Who wore his About coat. that dad. <laughs> but when they tell him everything that has happened and he sees all the wagons and stuff, Jacob's spirit comes to life and he said, my son Joseph is still alive. I must go see him before I die. And so then daddy comes to Egypt, says Israel, Jacob, sets out with everything he owns and comes to Beersheba and offers sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. That night, God appears to him and says, Jacob. And he says, Hineni. <laughs> I am here. Exactly, you remember. I do. I like it. It's it's, it's not like, a me, look, exactly, but... It's me, yes. Mm -hmm. And God's like, I am the God of your fathers. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. Second verse, Samuel is the first. We've heard this mm -hmm. a ton of times. This is a refrain for this family. Yep, sounds good to me. And God <laughs> is like, God is like, I'll go down with you to Egypt and I will also bring you back. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. So Aww. I guess, yeah. Wow. So Jacob and all of his sons and their families and all their belongings and wealth traveled to Egypt. And then we get a long ass list of all of Jacob's children and grandchildren. Oh. And you know how they love that those long lists mm, of, I know. of offspring. Oh, the inventory. This will be fun. <laughs> God, stop totally. it. And it's I'm not, not... going to list them all because everyone would tune out. But I will remind us at this point of all of his sons because that is somewhat important. Yeah. Mm. And it lists them by their mothers. Oh, okay, cool. So it groups them by their mothers. So Leah, remember Leah? Do you remember Leah? Mm. No. Okay, so <laughs> Sorry, remember I, how there I wasn't the going to say anything, and I was hoping that you would just move on so that it would be better <laughs> podcast listening. <laughs> I should have just lied. I mean, like, well, no, because well, if you um, don't remember them, then some listeners won't remember them. Well, they might be binging this, and it's been like months since we've recorded, but... Well, okay. So okay, Leah. So Leah. Remember, I, there were the I remember two Leah sister was really wives. Cool. Oh, yes, the sister wives. Yeah. Leah was the older sister. Got it. Who was not as favored as Rachel. Mm hmm. Okay. okay. So Leah's sons are Reuben, who was the firstborn, mm -hmm. Simeon and Levi, who are the genocidal fuckheads, who, and Judah, if we just zoom out, Judah's son by Tamar is Perez who is important for Davidic lineage. Lineage. Okay, cool. And then 
so those are like the the four main sons of Leah, and then there's Issachar and Zebulon, and her daughter is Dina. Mm-hmm. And then there's Zilpa, who's one of the concubines or the maids who doesn't have the status of a wife, but is also owned by somebody and has borne sons to Jacob. Okay. Okay. And her sons are Gad and Asher. Yes. And then Rachel, the favorite wife, Mm -hmm. her sons are Joseph and Benjamin. And then there's Bilhah, who is another concubine. Rachel's maid, and her sons are Dan and Naphtali. Mm. And those end up almost being the 12 tribes of Israel. There's sort of a little switcheroo that happens later, but the reason that all of these sons are important is because they lay the basis for the 12 tribes of Israel. And then there are so fucking many grandchildren, (laughs) though Mm. none of Dina apparently, that the the total, and they name all of them, that the total number of Jacob's family is 70 people. Got so that it. actually puts your grandmother, Sue, to shame. It does. I was like, <laughs> how does this, how does this stack up with Clay and Rita? Because we go to uh, Sue's family is very fecund. Mm. Yeah, they you are know. Catholic. Yeah, Catholic, you know, post Great War. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. sorry, not Great War, post World War II. Because how many siblings does your dad have? My dad is one of six. And wow. then Sue has four brothers. Uh-huh. And mm. they've all got multiple children. Yeah. And, and my, so when we get together so like, with that family, I mean, how many people is it that well, came out of Rita? <laughs> that came out in of In one grandma. way or another, like, there's got to be like 40 to 50. Wow. There's got to be between 40, yeah, closer to 50 now at this point mm. with all the grandchildren that have come out on, on just yeah, a she's Jim got and Eileen Buzzard branch. Anyway, let's but stop even, talking about But even family. with Rita's yeah. fecundity. This... Well, I mean, you know, she, my grandma and grandpa did only have six children only. instead of 12. Right, they so. have 12. So. <laughs> my grandma and grandpa only had five. So they were, you know, yeah. so you beat us, you know. Yeah. Oh, just by one. It's okay. It's a close second. <laughs> Look at that. Don't feel bad. Close contest. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there you go. There well, you it's go. not a contest, but it's totally a contest. <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic contest of yeah. how many children did your grandparents have? Mine only had two. So, so anyway, 70 children. Mm-hmm. Which and, is like, that's the number, right? Like the, symbolically like 770, you know. Yeah. For completeness. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In the Bible, seven, like seven days mm-hmm. at the end of the week, right? Yeah. That's how many, God made everything in six, and then seven is complete. So good call. The 70 is important in that way. When Jacob arrives in Goshen, Joseph rides out to meet him, and he falls on his neck and cries, as is his way. And Jacob says, now I can die since I've seen you and you are still alive Oh, he was waiting. And yeah. And Joseph brings them to Pharaoh and Pharaoh is like, the land is before you. Go into town. And Jacob, by the way, how old are you? And Jacob is like, I'm 130. (gasps) And he says, my life has been short and hard and my ancestors lived way longer. Which is true in, in the book. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's like, I'm 130. My short life, short, short and hard. <laughs> so Joseph settles with them or no joseph settles them in the region ramesses and pharaoh had commanded and joseph supports them all what a kind bro Woo-hoo. 
And then it says the famine continues to be severe and the lands of Egypt and Canaan are both starving. And Joseph winds up with all the wealth in Egypt and Canaan because everyone is buying his food. So he just hoards the silver in Pharaoh's house. And then the people come back to him the next year and are like, we have no more money, but we'll starve without more food. So Joseph trades them food for livestock. Mm. And then they come back the next year and are like, we're starving and now have no money and no livestock. And Joseph is like, okay, then sell me and Pharaoh your land in exchange for food and you will work for Pharaoh as serfs from now on. And so they did, except for the priests who had a special arrangement with Pharaoh. They want that to be in there. And Joseph is like, okay, here's some seeds just from now on a fifth of what you harvest will be paid to pharaoh because of the surf thing and they're like whatever thanks for saving our lives we'll be pharaoh's serfs for sure and so the family of israel settles in egypt and goshen and acquires holdings there and they are fertile and increase greatly Mm, so joseph kind of becomes like a mogul or like what's the modern Mm, equivalent mm, of this like like a bezos I don't know. I was thinking of like what great business acumen he had and like how he's sort of like a banker, but not maybe not exactly. I mean, almost like um, Amazon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Amazon. Right. Yeah. Started, yeah, you know, started out Amazon with books guy. and now it's everything. Right. Yeah. Now yeah. you just own everything and mm-hmm. people have to pay rent to you to live or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a little complicated for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm like, I hope that the surf thing works out for everybody and that <laughs> eventually, I don't know, I'm like, <laughs> usually doesn't. <laughs> hope that works out for you guys. <laughs> it's not going to. But no, it's I'm funny. like, yeah, he uh, he becomes like a very shrewd business person. Or No, I mean, like he just owns everything. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, maybe he is like that Amazon guy or like a Bezos. Isn't Bezos well, the Amazon funny. guy? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, what's that? Well, no, I just couldn't remember if Bezos was the Amazon guy. He is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, what it's funny because say- it's like, well, you did save our lives, but uh, now we're in perpetual serfdom, you know? So it's like, <laughs> uh, how's this going to work? And it's like, spoiler alert, the next uh, book is Exodus. I <laughs> 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 wonder how that's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out people don't like being enslaved. Yeah. So we Not will. So much. Well, no spoilers. Okay. So that's all we have for today. Final thoughts. So I've got some bullet points here that I wanted to talk about. What jumps out at, at either of you before I get into my bullet points? Hmm. It sounds like a happy ending. Honestly, mm. it sounds like, you know, Joseph gets closure. He reveals himself to his brothers and his brothers welcome him back and are basically like, oh my God, yay, we're glad to see you. And he's like, you know, I really made lemonade out of lemons with this whole situation of you trying to kill me and selling me into slavery. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I'm looking back on it, like, we can laugh about it now, but it was really... <laughs> or cry about it, uh, yeah, as it were. Know. Oh, yeah, he yeah. cries a lot. He doesn't yeah. really laugh. <laughs> yeah. All I know is the musical. And in the musical, it has that moment where he is definitely validated. Joseph is like... But there's a moment where he has to kind of put his brothers to a test and have mm. them and kind of see, like, 
who are these people? Have they changed as people? Mm -hmm. He, Mm -hmm. the character in the musical, cares about his brothers gaining a conscience and becoming Mm. better human beings who care for for other people and are not just jealous and want all good things just for themselves. Mm. And that is his test that has him be like, ah, yes, now you are ready to see that it is me and... I've been the one, you know, fucking with you all day, but also like, haha, jokes on you. In this, I like that he shares his emotions and that he is, he is grateful. He is so overjoyed that his family is back and, and here. It just makes me very pleased. It makes me happy. And it also is interesting that he is looking at it from the perspective of God led me here to this place. Mm. And this place that God led me to is like, super powerful like i'm in charge this is the path that my life went on and i guess it was okay and i like how also his brothers had a happy ending and did learn something and were pleased his father also like i just had a moment because i remember the last that we heard of jacob was that he was just wearing a sackcloth because his son died and i guess i just imagined him after all these years still wearing that same sackcloth and when he heard that he was alive i wonder did he change out of the sackcloth and put on happy clothes? I don't know. <laughs> Just a little funny image of like, he was like, yay, my son is alive. And also there's mm. he donkeys and she asses and whatever you said. But, <laughs> he donkeys. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, I'm going to go to the Capitol or whatever and see my son. And I'm Aww, like, I hope puts that. Puts on a new tux. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm like, this is great. This is a happy ending. This is super great. It's very pleasing. It's very satisfying. This is, I would say, this is the closest to a happy ending that we get in the Hebrew Bible. Mm. I love it. Well, it's a great one. It's got, it hits all the points of redemption and joy and reward and happiness. And it's great. I was thinking Cinderella with Joseph because it's sort of like that rags to riches thing. But I also, recently I was looking at something that listed like various sort of stock structures of stories. Mm. Like, you know how in Western literature or whatever, or there's like only like seven plots or whatever. Oh yeah. If you really break it down. And one of them that I saw described was the Cinderella story. And that's where somebody starts low, gets high, gets even lower and then gets even higher. So, Mm. Like in Cinderella, ah. she starts like as a servant to her stepmom mm-hmm. and then she goes to the ball. Yay. But mm-hmm. then she loses everything and she's locked in the basement or whatever. And that's yeah. even worse. But then she gets to marry the prince and that's amazing. And, yeah, that's know, the peak. Yeah. And Joseph is sort of like that. I mean, Joseph hits all those beats because it's like he starts by being thrown in the pit right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sold into slavery mm-hmm. and then he goes to potiphar's house and things are pretty good like he yeah he, he discovers that he's an incredible project manager yeah, exactly <laughs> he's very skilled at management and he ends up doing well there but then he gets falsely accused by potiphar's wife and he's thrown in the dungeon and that's mm. even worse but then <laughs> he gets pulled out of the dungeon and then he's like freaking king of Egypt. Yeah. So. And Pharaoh's like, oh man, you totally helped me out. And also you're really organized. You got to be in charge of this shit. You're like 
basically my guy. Also, he wears a pretty princess dress, <laughs> and that's important. So very similar. Yes. Wins all around to to Cinderella. Yes, interesting, Jake. Because I was I was just mulling that over, and I'm not. It makes me want to go to the source text, but I think in the trajectory that you described, like the person starts low, right? Mm-hmm. But in this story. And and now I'm not that when I say source text, I'm like, what's the original Cinderella story? Because I'm kind of thinking of in my head, I have the movie Ever After. Have you seen the movie with Drew Barrymore? Oh, no, it's on our list. I I need to see it. I've heard it's really good. I've seen it. It's super good. I like it. But anyway, in that movie, and I don't know about like in the story, but Cinderella is actually the favorite of her father, Mm. right? And so one of the parallels that occurred to me is actually like... The protagonist, and I don't know if it's how this holds, but like the protagonist actually starts out in a favored position. Mm. And that favor protects the person from like forces that are already circling, right? Mm. So like in Joseph's case, it's like he's the favorite of his dad, but like the brothers are kind of already (laughs) circling, right? Because he's a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of an ass himself maybe. Mm -hmm. And like in the Cinderella story, like her dad dotes on her And the stepmom and the stepsisters are already circling and then dad keels over, you know, and then it's like, wah, wah, you know. Can't protect her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I really do think that there's a lot of parallels between Joseph and Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I think that and maybe I don't know. It's been a long time since I've read the Cinderella versions that exist in the Grimm books. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if that was part of it. Yeah. If not, I'm wondering if the screenwriters sort of took from the Joseph story a little bit just because hmm. the the parallels are so strong there. Yeah. Hooray for Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I wanted to, to bring up is, again, we talked about the Tamar story being sandwiched right in the middle of the Joseph story. Mm. And I really think that the fact that Joseph repeatedly says like, and I think he actually says this in the next chapter, but he says, you meant this act for evil, but God meant it for good. Like Mm. you tried to do this to me with evil in your heart, but God made it into something good or God wanted it for something good. I really think that putting the Tamar story with the whole sex work thing and baby and stuff in there, where it is sort of hitting home the point that God intended that for good as well. Mm. Mm. And then also one of the things I wanted to talk about here is this idea. I think people sometimes with sort of a facile reading of these stories will take this and be like, oh, well, everything happens for a reason, Mm. you know, (laughs) and that is so not helpful if you're dealing with something tragic, right? Or difficult. For me, that is so not helpful if I'm dealing with something difficult and somebody's like, well, everything happens for a reason. Like, great. That's really helpful to me right now. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. But also just acknowledging that we don't know what will lead to what, you know, like here he's like, well, you did this to me and it was terrible, but look what, look what's happened. Like, look where I am now because of that. And I think that's, it reminds me this story that was told to me as a Taoist story. I'm not sure. I've tried to look it up since then. Mm, Oh, yeah. It made me think of that, too, if it's what 
I think the horse story. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to look it up since then to just see if it is really a Taoist story or, or what have you. But from what I've looked up, it's it is like an old, old Chinese story. I, I don't know if it's specifically Taoist. It seems like maybe it's one of those that's like so old that we don't really know where it came from. And mm-hmm. it's even sort of become like a shorthand in Chinese culture. But it's the story where there's this old man and his horse runs away. And mm. everybody in the village is like, oh, my God, that sucks. Mm. <laughs> you know, your horse ran away. And he's like, eh, how do I know if it's a good thing or a bad thing? And then the next day the horse comes back and the horse has brought five wild horses with it. And everybody in the village is like, oh my God, now you have six horses. That's freaking awesome. And he's like, how do I know if it's a good thing or a bad thing? And the next day his son, who's a young adult, is trying to break one of the horses in and the horse kicks him off and he breaks both of his legs. And everybody in the village to the old man is like, oh my God, I'm so that sucks. Your son's legs are broken. And the old man says, how do I know if it's a good thing or a bad thing? Then the next day, there's a draft for this terrible war. And all the able-bodied young men have to go to war. And it's going to be this death sentence. And anybody who goes is going to die. But the son can't go because his legs are broken. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and supposedly, like, I mean, the inference is this keeps going. If people are like, oh, that's so lucky. Mm. He's like, how do I know if it's a good thing or a bad thing? And this is something I continually try to remind myself of, Mm -hmm. right? Because if something happens, we tend to dwell in that moment, but we also don't know where it's going to lead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was thinking the exact same thing, actually, with um, the message of, you know, you intended this for evil, but God meant it for good. It reminded me of that story of we don't know. Another thing I thought was interesting is we talked last time about the sort of Joseph and Dina entanglement, how some of the rabbis entangle Joseph and Dina, and also in The Red Tent by Anita Diamond. I keep almost calling her Anita Bryant, and that is a very different person. <laughs> yeah, that is person. not. <laughs> very different. We, yes, great. So let us be clear that it is Anita Diamond. Yes, Anita Diamond. Uh-huh. Also entangles Dina and Joseph. But I almost feel like this is sort of a nice, happy version of what happens with Dina in Shechem. Whereas here, it's like, oh, they settle in a foreign land with Egyptians, and they, you know, everyone's chill, and they do end up trading and marrying. And, like, these are things that Mm -hmm. they were saying was going to happen when Dina was going to marry the the prince or whatever of that town. But then... Can we get a quick refresher on Dina, please? And by we, I mean me. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't really lend itself to quick refresher. Okay, Remember, never she mind. Was, she, never mind. We weren't sure if it was rape or not because it doesn't actually say if she was interested or not. Oh, right. Remember? Oh, okay. And Got then it. they killed everybody in the town. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Got it. So I don't know. Like, I was thinking, like, a secular view of this could be like, we can't control circumstances, but we can control our actions. Right, because it's like, what if Joseph had just wallowed in prison because of the unfairness of it all, and then everyone would have starved and he wouldn't have become the queen of Egypt, Mm -hmm. right? So I think this is, I've been like pondering as you've been talking about this, and I think there's like, I think we are trying to kind of like 
figure out how all this stuff works together, right? Like, we don't want to say that, okay, well, everything happens for a reason, right? Like, if something terrible happens, it's like, look, something terrible happened. You know, don't yeah. tell, don't like piss on my leg and tell me it's raining, right? <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, we also want to acknowledge that we don't have all the answers, right? And so we don't know how things ultimately are going to turn out. And this is the story of the farmer and the horse. But it strikes me that we do have to acknowledge that if we take the story as we're given it, I think this is fundamentally different or it's different in a rather fundamental way from the farmer and the horse, right? If it is like a Taoist perspective, right? Because it seems, and this is, you know, forgive me for the generalization, right? But it seems sort of Eastern religion to say, oh, look, we don't know, right? And so you just kind of have to abide in this space of not knowing. And so don't get too happy and don't get too depressed. Try to walk this middle way because who really knows? The Joseph story, right? What he says is, you intended this for evil. God intended it for good, right? So there's, and like, you wanted to throw me in the pit, but actually God had other plans in mind. And so I think that's an important, we can, mm. we can buy that or we can not buy it, right? But it's what's being sold to us in this story, right? Mm. Is that, this God who, by the way, is consistently identifying God's self with, like, the ancestors, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm the God who walked with your ancestors and your forebears. And also, if you don't have agency in a given situation, guess what? I've still got agency in this mm -hmm. situation, and I'm going to make it work out. And you may not know, but guess what? I got plans for you. You know, like the whole, like, <laughs> you know, what no eye has ever seen, what no ear has ever heard kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm kind of sitting with that as kind of like what the story is giving us, right? This idea of a God who's got your back, even when that back seems to be against the wall. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's something to ponder. Do I think that is an important distinction to make? Yeah. Even though I think there are similarities that we could draw from the horse story mm -hmm. and this part of the Joseph story, it is fundamentally different cell. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, And I think that's why I like your... No, absolutely. And I other, right? Because it's like the similarities are cool and mm -hmm. also the differences are really cool. Absolutely. Right? And so yeah. All right, Sue. What do you remember? I remember Joseph crying a lot. <laughs> I a lot of Joseph crying, like crying so hard that the servants <laughs> could hear it. And then they like told Pharaoh about it. They're like, Didn't you know about this? Mm. Should we do something? Joseph's crying like constantly. And I remember him telling his brothers, hey, it's me. Let's go get our dad and bring him back. And then they're all happy and like they don't know what to say and they're stunned. And he like cries on Benjamin and cries on all his brothers and tells all his brothers. And then they're like, oh, my God, it's really you. Yeah, let's tell dad. Tell dad. Dad's yay. Yippee. <laughs> Comes back. 
And Pharaoh hears about it. He's like, oh, this is great. Well, I'm going to give you the best land. And the 12 sons of Jacob become the 12. Well, yeah, I remember. But think and think the 12 sons of Jacob essentially kind of become the start of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I remember. A big old happy ending. Mm. Jacob puts on happy clothes over his sackcloth and Pharaoh mm-hmm. is so behind it. He's like, way <laughs> to go, Joseph. You deserve the best. Here's all the best land. And also Joseph's like, hey, fam, I'm the provider for you all now because I'm the richest and most powerful dude in all of Egypt. And like, we're going to get through this famine together. And then everybody sells all their stuff to Jacob for years and years and years for food. And they become serfs and are enslaved <laughs> on their land. And, you know, Jacob's like, yeah, that's how it is. It's not or, a Joseph's, happy ending for everybody. Joseph, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it is sometimes. And he becomes a That's mogul, how it is sometimes. A real estate mogul. Yeah. And that's what I remember. <laughs> All right. Great. That was excellent. Next time on It's In The Book, Israel's Blessings. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us for It's In The Book Season 2. We are coming up towards the end of this season, and I really can't believe it. This is a wild time for me personally. I am about to finally get ordained next month, February 26th. I am currently in search looking for a settled congregation and some really exciting stuff is happening with Beloved King. It is currently a semi-finalist at three musical theater festivals. So things are wild and I'm so glad that you're here. Also a big-ish announcement in case you haven't seen, I have joined TikTok. Yes, that's right. I turned 40 and I couldn't afford a sports car, so I decided to join TikTok. You can find me at Rev J Sylvan. I actually like it. It's pretty fun. A big thanks to my Patreon supporters, Anna, Marta, Emily, Kevin, Pam, Nina, Jill, Valerie, Mary, Len, Halliday, Monica, Nell, and Tom. If you'd like to join us, we do Bible studies every month. Only a couple more episodes, and then we're going to take a break. Thank you. Bye-bye.